Does anybody want to open us up in prayer? Jordan? Lord God, we just come to you tonight, God. Lord, humbly God, we just thank you, God, for just this time, God, that we can spend together, God, in your word, God, Lord, that we can learn more about you, God. Lord God, I pray, God, that you would just anoint the ears of tonight, God, give the words to speak, God, Lord, I pray, God, that this Bible study, God, would just move our hearts, God, and pierce our hearts, God, and I just pray that you would just fill, the, fill this room right now, God. Amen. Does anybody have your Bible? No? So, tonight, it's actually funny, the Lord confirmed this is the topic I should share, because last night my dad had a spontaneous sermon about the same thing. Um, and like the title today is Wake Up From Your Sleep. Um, just really like thinking about how so many people in the church are spiritually asleep and just very stagnant in their walk with the Lord and very lazy and not like wanting to move and like do things for the Lord and just kind of being content like this is the, how things are and everything is fine and I don't really feel the need to see much progress or see much movement and so just talking about like God's perspective on that and yeah so Micah can you read Matthew 26 40 through 43 42 and then mom can you read Matthew 26 43 through 46 so what was the verses 43 through 42. So you said Matthew what? 26? 26, 43 through 46. Okay. It's the same chapter, but different verses. Yeah, whenever you're in. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't the men keep watch for an hour? Yes, Peter, watch and pray, then you won't fall into sin when you are tempted. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Who is it? Probably. And it is he. Are you still reading for me? Oh my gosh, yes, it is. Who? Nora. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, just kidding. He was kidding, bro. Just kidding. It was Elena. It's Elena. Oh, it's Nora. Don't do that. You did like a hard yesterday. Hey, what's this? We just started. Oh, that's good. Okay, I wasn't trying. I wanted to give you all, but I was trying to hold my verses and I was supposed to be reading that. But I had to first. Jesus went away a second time, he prayed, My father is it possible for the cup to be taken away? But if I must drink it, may what you want be done. 
Should I go ahead and read these straight away? Okay. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. And then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So, um, one of the things that stood out to me in this is that Jesus said, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he like referred to it as temptation for them to fall asleep. And I think typically we think of temptation as like a grievous sin and not like falling asleep. But if God has called us to be moving and acting and to be interceding, sleep is temptation that will keep us stagnant in our walk with God. Something I saw recently was like, even though you might not be like tempted, the devil will probably try to distract you. So when you're spending time with the Lord, it's very like easy to be distracted because that's how the, the enemy is going to target us. He's either going to try and get us like to fall into some sort of temptation or discourage us in some way and get our eyes off of God, or he's going to distract us in some way and try and, you know, just target us in that way so that it's like, oh, well, now I'm just thinking about this other thing instead of God. And I know for me personally, I really, like, it's so easy for me to become distracted when I'm spending time with the Lord. And it's really, truly just comes down to that, like, I don't care enough about the things of God. And I think if your priority is, like, I want to seek God and I want to know God and I, I want to be in his word, that like distraction is just going to easily just be pushed away because it's like, no, all I want is to see God. But if you're just kind of going into it half-heartedly, like, yeah, I'll just do this because it's the right thing to do. As soon as a distraction comes up, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll pay attention to this other thing. God comes second. And so I think it's important to look at it this way is that like it is temptation to be spiritually asleep. And the enemy is going to target us in that way. And we need to be on watch. We need to be on guard and like, like in like in the Lord and really seeking him and falling after him and not giving up so easily and letting our eyes become distracted so easily. Um, does anybody else have any thoughts on that passage? Interesting thing to share is convicting. It is so easy. You know, it's like, you know, I see this where my heart is, God, I want to know you. I want to see you. I want to spend time with you. And I'll just start praying. And all of a sudden, it's like some thought, like, ooh, don't forget you got to do this today. Ooh. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, yeah, back to. And it's like, am I really realizing, like, what you're, I'm doing? Like, you are in the presence of Almighty God right now, His ear is towards you. He's hearing your prayers, and I'm kind of like, eh, eh. yeah. I don't want to be like that. I'm like, yeah. And so, you I know, think he says, unless you're, he wants us to be either hot or cold. Mm -hmm. If you're lukewarm, yeah. you, I mean, that's like, 
pretty serious. I'm like, yeah, just to really have a heart saying, God, I want to be on fire for you. I don't want to have, have it be that parts of my heart are, you know, mm-hmm. it's too much effort. I'm really tired right now. Yeah. You know. Can you something? Yeah, just in verse 41, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Mm-hmm. And I believe we're entering into a season, a global season of increased trials and persecution. Mm-hmm. Jesus was entering into this, it's right, right at the door of his crucifixion, his passion, his suffering. And he was looking for people who would watch and pray with him. And I believe right now at the door of the tribulation that's going to come on this earth, the pre-labor that the Bible talks about, and then the great tribulation, Jesus is coming back to permanently establish his kingdom, to throw down all other kingdoms. And there's a trial, there's trials at hand. There's some major trials that we're going to face. And he's looking for people to watch and pray with him. And we, as believers, are in a better position than even his disciples were. They walked with him in the flesh, but we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so when he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, there's going to be within the, that the season, this new season of trials and tribulation, there's going to be temptation. And the greatest temptation is going to be to walk away from Christ. The greatest temptation is going to be to apostatize, which means to just totally give up your faith because it's going to get harder to follow Jesus in this time. And that means we need to pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. So you don't enter into that temptation. If you just coast along as, as things have been, you may not make, you may be swept away, right? With the temptation to turn away because it says one of the marks of the last days is that there's going to be a great falling away. That means there's going to be a great number of people that once professed faith and love for Jesus, we're going to just turn away. Yeah. And when it says here, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. He's just, we have a choice. Yeah, our flesh is going to scream and cry and whine and say, I don't want to, I don't want to pray. But if, we, if we're willing to yield to the spirit, he's going to help us. He's going to help us. And we can say, Lord, help me, strengthen my spirit, help me to pray. And he'll make it so that he'll bring us awake, spiritually awake, physically awake, um, because it's a choice. It's not like, oh, we're going to say to Jesus, oh, I was too tired, Lord. But you had a choice. The spirit will help you. I have two things on that. Um, one of them, I was reading like the notes on the bottom of this, where it was talking about lest you fall into temptation. And it said that Jesus was probably referring to temptation to fall into sin. Or maybe it was temptation to like betray Jesus because he had just previously like said how like you will betray me. Um. And he had said that. And then it's like after that, then they're like falling asleep when praying. And it's like, I, I kind of wonder, it's like if they had stayed awake with Jesus, prayed with him fervently, if they wouldn't have been so quick to just abandon him when right. he was going through that. Because that really like proves your love for God. If it's like, I'm going to be fervently praying your heart, you know, and that's what we were talking about last week with that unity with God and like having the heart of God. And if it's like you have that same heart of God and it's like, I see 
God's heart is broken for this. I see God cares fervently for this. I'm going to join with him and I'm going to be praying, interceding for this thing Mm -hmm. with him. You're not going to be so quick to just abandon him when it's like God is being persecuted, you know, and when it's like the name of God is being put to shame. And, you know, if you're just kind of like in this, like, oh, I'm just tired. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put in much effort with this. It'll be much easier to betray Jesus than if you're fervently with him. I want your heart and I'm going to be praying with you and agreeing for what you desire, you know. And then the other thing, too, is that Jesus, who is God, went to them three times and said, you know, watch and pray with me. Mm. Please wake up, pray with me. And it's like, this is God. This is the Lord of the universe. He created you and everything that you know. Mm. He's asking you to pray with him Mm. and how easily we fall asleep. And we can look at the disciples and be like, how could they do that? Jesus is asking them to pray with him and they're falling asleep. But it's like, we do that. The Holy Spirit puts on our heart, come seek me. Mm. Come pray for the things that I've put on your heart and, and, you know, intercede for these people who are broken and they need intercession. And we're just like, God can handle it. I I don't need to put in the effort. Mm. I trust God. And it's like, no, God wants you to have his heart with him. He wants you to be interceding with him. And so I think like we take so lightly interceding and praying but it's like God is asking us, he's begging us, please come, please pray for the things that I care about. Please join me in my heart for these things. Mm. And we're just like, I'm tired. Uh, it's not a big deal. But it's like, no, this is God asking you to pray. Take that yeah. seriously. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to go to Matthew 25? Nope. Do you want to read it? Um. Or talk about it? Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, Matthew 25 talks about, there's several parables. But in, it talks about the wise and the foolish virgins. Mm-hmm. And 25 says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins that took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five were wise, five were foolish. Then the foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried or or delayed, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, No. Not so, lest there not be enough for us and for you, but go rather to those that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, I don't, I don't know you. Watch, therefore, for you don't know the day or the hour when the Son of Man comes. And... One of two points. One is going back to Matthew 26. Jesus asked his disciples three times to pray with him, but then he said, go ahead and keep sleeping. My betrayers come. It's like there's there's a time where it's too late to pray, right? They had already failed those times, and there's a time where God's not just going to keep calling you to, and asking you to pray 
and let you keep saying no, and he's just going to keep doing it forever. Eventually, he's going to say, "Well, it's too late," right? Mm-hmm. And here it was too late for the virgins. They didn't. They didn't prepare. They didn't have oil in their vessels. So when they rested, and if God's not against rest, He's not against us giving giving sleep. The Bible says He gives sleep to those He loves, and the sleep of the righteous is sweet. There's no greater sleep than a person who has peace with God. But you got to have oil in your lamp. And that oil is his presence. Mm-hmm. That oil comes from seeking him and it comes from knowing his heart. And when you have, when you walk with God and you're developing that prayer life and you're asking him, teach me how to pray, Lord. Because it doesn't expect us to know how to do it. Just ask him, say, Lord, teach me how to pray. Bring me into prayer. Show me how to pray. If you do that, he's going to teach you and he's going to bring you in and you're going to be a wise virgin with oil in your lamp. And when the lights go dark, when the, the, everything uh, hits the fan and things go, go south and it's time to go and move toward Jesus, you're going to have light. You're going to know where to go. You're not going to have to tap somebody else say, oh, I know Lydia. She knows God or I know this person. They know God. You gonna, you're going to know God for yourself. You're going to have that direction and, and presence of Jesus leading you. Jordan, can you read Galatians 5, 16 through 18? Mm. You said Galatians 5, 15 through 16. 16 through 18. 16 through 18. Look at that. 16 through 18. 16 through 18. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusting against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the, you are not under the law. Thank you. So, and then this is kind of talking about what my dad was saying, like, being, like having that spirit of God in you. That is the oil in your lamp. That is what keeps you always like prepared and your your light being lit for for God and it's like I'm always have this fire burning within me because the spirit is in me and walking in the spirit and when you walk in the spirit you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh and it kind of like in this in this situation painting like this idea of sleeping as the lust of the flesh if you're walking in the spirit, if you have the light of Christ burning within you and you have this desire and this passion for Christ, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. When your flesh is like, you're tired, just sleep, just rest. You don't really need to intercede for these people. It's fine. God will figure it out. And that's what your flesh desires. If your passion is for God, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so it's really like, you know, if if you and I'm speaking to myself here too, like if you find yourself like easily just being like, oh, I'm distracted when I'm trying to seek God, and I'm it's easy for me to fall asleep and not really seriously come before the Lord and intercessing and praying in like what His heart is. Like really search your heart and see like, am I fulfilling the the desires of the spirit or the desires of the flesh and like for me most times like every time that I'm like 
distracted when I'm trying to seek God. It's because I'm letting my flesh have its way instead of the spirit of God, like really moving me. And that's something that I need to work in is like asking the Lord, like, give me your spirit. Give me a passion for you. Give me a love for you so that I like, and it's something he's been helping me in recently, but just like help me in these things. So I desire to be seeking you. And it's not just like, I'm just doing this for however much time I have to until something distracts me and I do the next thing. But it's like, I want to be intentional about my relationship with God. And I want to be like, you know, have this unity with him and have his spirit in me and like really be moved by his spirit instead of just, you know, fulfilling the desires of my flesh. Um. Leaf, can you read Romans 13, 11 through 14? Okay. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It says in verse 11, It is now high time to awake out of your sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Mm -hmm. And this is also going back to what my dad shared about the virgins and the lamps of oil. It is high time, wake out of your sleep because your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. This is referring to the Lord returning and, you know, bringing us with him to, um, to heaven. And it's like the Lord is returning soon. And so for us to just have this attitude that is so stagnant, with the Lord and so like oh I'm just gonna rest and I'm just gonna like not really care what this thing these things it's like no these are the end times sure. do we not like are we not gonna take this seriously the Lord is coming soon and not mm -hmm. only thinking about ourselves but thinking about this world this world needs God they need you know to be brought out of this place of sleep and just taking the things of God so lightly this, the church, especially in America, has made it so much like, I love Jesus, and that's just a slogan, and it's just a nice thing to say, but I'm going to live my life the way I please, and it's like, no, mm -hmm. that is not the way that, that God desires for it to be. When, I, when you say, I love Jesus, he has changed your life. He has made you a whole new creation. You're now following Christ, and you've let go of everything of your past. And you're picking up your cross, dying daily, and following Jesus. And so this isn't something to be taken lightly. And it says, wake out of your sleep. Your salvation is near. And cast off the works of darkness. And, and like, put on these things of Christ and make no provisions for the flesh. Like, this is something we need to be, like, active in. Mm -hmm. This is spiritual warfare. And the devil is going to be trying harder in these end times than ever before to try and pluck people out because mm -hmm. he's like, if I can just get them out now, I'll get them out in time. 
before the Lord returns. And like, we need to be standing in Christ. Mm -hmm. This is our salvation. This isn't just something to be taking lightly. Like, yeah, I believe in him and I'll be saved. But it's like, this is your salvation. Are you going to cling to your salvation? Like you're stuck in a pit and here comes the rope. Are you going to cling to that salvation? That's going to pull you out of the pit. Or are you just going to be like, nice. I know it's there. I believe it's there. If that's a good thing. Or are you going to cling to it and be like, I'm making myself one with this rope. I know it's the only thing that can save me because everything else is just, it's going to burn. I need to hold on to this hope. Christ is my salvation. Mm -hmm. We need to wake ourselves up and wake up the rest of the church. You know, this Christ is returning. We can't just be living this, like this faith in God that isn't really even faith. Mm -hmm. Are we going to have faith in Christ and stand in him, stand in the truth and be unashamed? We need to wake up out of our sleep and wake up the rest of the world. If the virgins Mm -hmm. were there and they saw the other virgins, Without enough oil, they could have said, go get some more oil quickly. Because the, the groom is coming. He's coming, and, and you need to have more oil in your lamp. You don't have enough. You need to be prepared. If they did that, then think about all of them could have gone with, with the groom. But since the four of them are like, oh, this would be enough, we need to be telling other people, go. You need to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Christ is coming. Yeah. Wake yourself up. Yeah. Don't be just living this yeah. faith that's so so stagnant. Right. Right. We need to be right. ready for Christ right. to return. Amen. I believe that what you're saying is 100% true. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we're going to wake up in the near future and everything is going to be changed. Think about when COVID hit. I mean, in, in a very short period of time, the nation shut down. Everybody, I mean, I remember driving back from Florida. And it was like, it's like a movie. Mm-hmm. The, this, the the freeways were empty. I mean, like we were the only car on the freeway. It was like the apocalypse that happened. And think about how that that just changed our lives. And so, and people that were in school were shuttered from school. And it was like almost like people lost the year of school. Almost all the grades. You know, it's like people that they tried doing online, but it was like it was not a normal school year for anybody. And that it was it was global. I mean, it was it was really huge, and yet I believe that what's coming soon is going to make COVID look small. I really do. I think that our lives are going to drastically change, and I don't know exactly what that looks like. And I, I'm not saying that to put fear in anyone, but I am saying it to say, wake up. It's time to cling to Christ. Don't let there be any any sin in your life. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The armor that God's given you shines. It, it, it actually has its own radiant radiance. It's the light of Christ. Put on the armor of Christ. Be prepared. What are you going to do if, if we, you wake up tomorrow and the nation has changed? What are you going to do? You're going to be given to fear or you're going to cling to Christ? You know what I mean? You're going to say, my God's in control. No matter what, he's in control. I am trusting him. I'm putting all my stock in Christ. Live or die, I'm trusting him. Yeah. I'm not going to cling to my, my my future plans, anything. I'm just clinging to Christ. That Those are going to be the people that are going to have oil in their lamps. They're going to have peace with God. They're going to have direction. God's going to move and do miracles like we've never seen before. Yeah. I really believe that. And the church is asleep for the most part. Many people, even church doors are asleep. They come into the church and they just want to hear stuff that, that they agree with. 
but they're not seeking Christ like, I want to know him. I'm hungry for him. I ache to know him. I got to know him more. And I'm not saying it's just this emotional feeling, but there's this, this, this lethargy, this slothfulness generally in the church. I'm not saying some people are not awake. Some are. But the, the majority are asleep. And it's like the Holy Spirit is going, one, 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 time to wake up, ring the bell. You know? It's like, wake up, church. It's time to wake up and know Christ. And I'm not saying it's too late if you wake up and the world has changed and you weren't ready. Well, you better get ready. Yeah. Right? Because Christians are going to fall away and people are going it's to, gonna, it's going to be a time like we've never known. But those that know their God, those that know their God are going to stand. They're going to be, they're going to not just be surviving. They're going to be helping other people, yeah. leading other people to Christ. Right? If yeah. there's food, if there's food shortages, they're going to be help sharing their food. They're going to be loving people. They're going to be giving hope to people that are just terrified. Yes. Right? They're going to be, they're going to be shining the light of Christ and God's going to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And why I believe what the Holy Spirit is saying is right now, time to get ready. Wake up before, yes. beforehand. Be prepared. Start getting oil. Yeah. It makes me think last week we were talking about knowing God. And I think there's a decent amount of the church that doesn't really know God. And they're just like churchgoers, but they don't know the heart of God. They don't have intimacy with him. And, you know, some people can be like, well, I don't really need to seek God that much. Like, I believe in him and I go to church. I go to Bible study sometimes. I like, you know, I, I I believe in God and I have, I talk with him sometimes and it's just like this very stagnant relationship. But it makes me think last week when Emily was saying like the Greek word of that word know, meaning like having experience with. And it's like this, it's talking about like intimacy. Mm-hmm. Are you like, and, and then she was saying that that verse where, where like the people came to God and they were like, no, remember all these things we did for you and we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name. And he said, get away from me. I never knew you. And when he said, I never knew you, he used that word. Like I, we never had like this experience together. We never had intimacy Mm -hmm. with one another. And I think in the same way, like we need to prepare ourselves with that. It's like, do you think you're just going to go to heaven and be like, Yes, God, remember, I, I've believed in you. And remember, like, I've, I've gone to church for you and I've prayed to you. You remember that? God could say, if you don't have intimacy with God, if you don't know God, if you don't have relationship with him, get away from me. I never knew you. Think about, mm. imagine God mm. saying that to you. What could be worse? That is the most terrible thing. And then for eternity being separated from the thing that you thought. I thought I was going to go to heaven because Mm -hmm. I'm a good person and I've been, you know, believing in God and whatever. But if you don't know God, he could say, you never knew me. I never knew you, you know, and that's, that's serious. This is where our salvation, this is Mm -hmm. eternity. And we can't just take it lightly because this life now determines our eternity. We need to be living for Christ now, sold out for God, seeking him, knowing him, prepared. Christ is returning or I'm dying. Both are happening. And like, I need to be ready for eternity to come 
meet me mm-hmm. and and be ready to be like i know god we have relationship i've talked with god i've heard his voice we've had relationship i've mm-hmm. seen him move i know him i know how he loves these people i know his heart mm-hmm. and if, if that's where you're at it's like of course god is gonna say come in i've been waiting for you yeah, i love yeah, you yeah you know but it's like is that is that where we're at and i think everybody needs to inspect your own walk with the lord and really see like do i have that with god that i know him that if i if i tomorrow if i just die in my sleep and tomorrow i'm there standing before christ will he say that he knew me or will he not mm-hmm. yeah John 17, 3, Jesus said, and this is life eternal or eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. And later in 1 John, it says, he that has the Son has life. He that doesn't have the Son does not have life. So that's really what it boils down to. Jesus is our salvation. Mm-hmm. We're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But do you really have the Son? There's a lot of people that have a little religion or they have a little little truth, but they don't have the Son. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. I'm a little confused. Yeah. So, okay, like Lydia said, like she, you know, the lady, she was like, like I was praying to you, like I was like doing, like I was working or whatever in you. But then how is that like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like how... Like, what would that, I guess, like, maybe look like? I don't know. I'm just confused mm. as to how yeah. that would, like, vary because it mm. sounds like just, like, I'm talking to him, but the way you guys are talking, it sounds like a little bit deeper than yeah. that. So I'm a little confused mm. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to answer that, Papa? Hi. Or should I? Um, I'm wondering if she should, I mean, if she knows what she was If you have something saying, to say, go ahead and say it now. Follow up. Yeah, I can just say what I'm thinking. Um. So the, the woman who said, or, like, the people that said that, it was out of, like, this spirit of just like just like religion and like they didn't know god like they didn't have the holy spirit in them like relationship with god and it was more so just like religion and it's like i'm doing this because it's the right thing to do and i'm doing this you know out more so out of like just like outward looks and not necessarily that they had a heart relationship with god and like a true love for God, and and then the difference between that and what we need to have is like a relationship with God, where it's like I know His love for me, and I love Him in return, and everything I do is out of a love for God, instead of like I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, and I know it's what God wants of me, mm-hmm. and what it needs to be is like I have relationship with God, and I love Him, and I'm doing this out of love. God. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And um, your salvation is a gift. Jesus paid the price for that gift. He is salvation. And it says, as many as received him, John chapter 1, verse 12 says, as many as received him, to them he gave power or the right to become the children of God. And so salvation starts with believing in your heart that, that. Jesus is who he says he was, the Son of God, and confessing with your mouth. It says, if you believe with your heart, you believe you're made righteous with God. Your sins are washed away. 
but it's believe with your heart, not your mind, not just your head. Yes. A lot of people, that's where the difference between dead religion is. It's, it's in the head. It's not in the heart. And if you ask a person who is trusting in themselves rather than Christ, if you say, why, why will you go to heaven? Why do you think you go to heaven when you die? They'll say, it'll all come down to, 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 to I, to me. Because I, I do this, because I pray, because I go to church, I go to mass, I do this, I'm kind. It all comes down to me. Whereas the person who's in relationship with Christ will say, because of what he's done for me. Because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's my only hope. It's not in anything I've done. It's in him. That is a great indicator. Another is this. It says, um, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. This is Matthew 7.20 or 7.21. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied your name and your name cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works? Then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, you who practice lawlessness or iniquity or sin. So Jesus is saying, if you have faith in me, it's going to produce something in your life. It's going to produce that you will want to do the will of the Father and that you will turn away from sin. Yeah. These people, they, they, had the, they had the highest kind of spiritual works you can imagine, like prophecy, casting out demons, doing miracles. And Jesus said, I don't know you. Why? Because they never put their trust fully in Christ, came into a relationship, and then by the grace of God turned from sin. They just continued in sin. They had their religious works, but if you dug a little bit in their life, they got a lot of unrighteousness and sin that they weren't willing to turn from. They had this day of wickedness that they never turned or repented from. And then Jesus said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will consider him like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. So when you hear the words of God and you say, I want to do that, I want to obey God by his grace and follow Jesus. I'm following him through good, through bad, through trial, through blessing. I'm following Jesus. You're building your house on a rock. You're not just hearing and going to church and be like, oh, I heard that. I agree with that truth. But your life isn't responding to it. By faith, you're responding to what God is saying. And you're building your foundation on the rock. And so when trials come, like I talked about what's going to happen in this world, I don't know the details, but I know Holy Spirit's ringing the bell. Trouble's coming, trouble's coming, trouble's coming. Mm -hmm. If you build your house on Christ, you don't have to fear because the rain's going to fall, the flood's going to come, the, the wind's going to blow, but it's like you're living in this well-built house, and I'm not worried about the weather, right? I'm not worried about the weather. I built my house on the rock of Jesus Christ. So I, I hope that helps. And, and um, if I can make it any more clear, we'll do talk about it later, too. Ephesians 5, 8 through 11, and Aiden, can you read Ephesians 5, 12 through 14? Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5, what? 12 through 14. Ephesians can you 5, 8 through 14. I know this is your house, but we're having Bible study. Okay
11. And then Aiden's 12 through 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is, in, is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Um, one of the things here, the last verse, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And I think, like, typically when I think of, like, spiritual death, you don't know Christ. And so I think, like, at least the way I see it, is awake from this, from your sleep. And that's talking about people who are made alive in Christ, but are at this place where it's just very stagnant. And there's no real, like, depth to their walk with God. And they're just very much, like... Not growing? Yeah, there's no growth. And it's just, I'm just going to, you know, stay where I'm at with God. I'll go to church. I'll I'll spend some time with God. But I'm there's no real growth. And then when it says, arise from the dead, it makes me think of people who are dead in their in their faith they they don't have a walk with god but it says to both of them awake arise get out of this state whether you do know christ yet or you don't either way get out of this state of just being stagnant and grow in christ and become alive in christ and move and live in christ and like you know when like both sleep and death have something in common. Of course, death is much more long-term and serious, but either way, you don't want to be either. You don't want to be asleep when Christ returns and you don't want to be dead. So either way, wake up, arise yourself. And like, not that you can, like, if you're, if you're not following God that you can save yourself, but like get out of this place and like come to Christ know Christ, follow him, Mm -hmm. prepare yourself for his returning. And it says, and Christ will give you light. And so this is once again, like you were saying, Papa, it takes the focus off of ourselves. Like I've got to wake myself. I've got to rise myself. No, Christ will give you light. He will like, you need to make the decision. I'm not going to stay in this place anymore of death. I'm not going to stay in this place anymore. That's stagnant Mm -hmm. where there's no growth. I'm going to choose to follow Christ. But when you make that decision, you don't have to be striving in your own strength. You choose, I want to come to the light. I want to be alive now, and I want to be awake and moving for Christ. And when you make that decision, Christ will give you light. He'll direct your steps, and he'll he'll be there with you, holding your hand through all of it. But you need to make the decision. I'm not going to stay in this place anymore where I'm stagnant or where I'm dead. I'm getting up. Right. I'm following Christ. And so 
Good. It takes, it does like a lot of times we can be like, well, don't put the focus on yourself. True. Don't put the focus on yourself. You can't save yourself, but you need to make the decision. That's right. Stop being so lazy and being like, I can't do it myself. God has to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you have to choose to That's get right. out of that place where you're stagnant. You need to choose. Like if for me, if I want to spend time in the word every morning and I'm like, I don't have a desire to read. So I'll just wait until God gives me a desire to read. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need to be seeking God, right. choosing. I'm going to throw away every temptation, every distraction. I'm putting it aside and I'm going to seek you. When that temptation comes to, oh, I'm going to check my phone real quick. Or I'm going to just go get breakfast and then come back or whatever it is. No, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to seek you. And I'm going to wait for you to speak to me. I know that God has to be the one bringing me life. But I have to choose. I'm not going to go do something else and then get distracted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait here mm-hmm. for you <laughs> to come speak to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like waiting on you, God. Yes. And I so, that I just get that. Yes. Yeah. Nora, super good question. Because I've just been sitting here pondering that. Because, you know, it, sometimes it's like, so practically, what does this look like? And then sometimes it's like, well, you need to, you know, be seeking God more, but don't do it in your flesh, but do it by this. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah. so practical, like, what does this really look like? And I would, so I was just kind of thinking about that verse that says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that's really what he's after. And so I think sometimes we can get caught up like, so I'm supposed to be having more time in the word, but then it's not my salvation's based off of how much time I'm spending. And it can get to be confusing, but just to say, okay, if God, what he's after is my heart. Asking him, saying, God, search my heart. Mm-hmm. You know what's in my heart. I want you. So if there's something that's keeping me from a deeper relationship with you, show me what it is. Like, put a microscope on my heart and you see see what's in there. And lead me in the verse, you know, um, and lead me in your way everlasting. So I think just coming to him and saying, God, I want you more. I want to know you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's areas in my heart that I'm cold or I'm not really seen. I don't want to just try to do this in my flesh. I need your Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Search me. You show me where there needs to be change or where there's maybe areas that I'm like getting away to the, to the devil because I'm not really following after you. And I can guarantee you if you stay, if we bring our hearts to him and say, God, my heart is, I want to be for you and show me where the areas where I'm not, it's going to show us. Mm-hmm. And so That's we don't right. have to live in fear like, well, should I be doing more of this? Should I Because mm-hmm. I can just get like so right. overwhelming. But just to say, Lord, right. you know, I want to follow you. You show me how right. to do it. Mm-hmm. And then just be like what Lydia said, but being diligent and saying, okay, and I'm going to make whatever sacrifices it takes. Whatever you show me, I'm going to obey you. And that's the hard part. Because sometimes we can say, God, show me. And it's like, okay, but yeah, I don't really want to look at that. I don't really want to have to give this up or change here. But saying, Lord, I I want to have a heart that I obey you, whatever you say. Yeah, one of the things that, going along with what you're saying, Lydia, is 
you could say, oh, I'm just going to wait till I have a feeling to see God, right? And tell me, I'm, think about it. Every morning you wake up, don't you? Wouldn't you rather just lay in bed? Yes. Right. That's that sleep. Right around the time to wake up is always the hardest to shake out of, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. But you have a choice. You have a choice to say, I'm going to rouse myself. And everything in that Jesus did, if you read the, the miracles, the stories of Jesus and his miracles, he would say, you know, take up your bed and walk. Yeah. He would speak to them. This is what, then they had to walk this is what I'm going to do. But yeah. you have to take, take it's yeah. like with the man with the withered hand. He said, stretch out your hand. And then he had to stretch out his hand. And then the power was there of Christ to meet him. And so when God says, wake up, he's going to help us wake up, right? When God says, stir yourself, he's going to help us come fully awake. That's good. The other thing I would say is that when, and that's grace. That's what we need to live in and walk in is the grace, the empowering, enabling grace of God. The other thing I would say is that, um, you want to read this, this is from Isaiah 52. It says, awake, awake, or wake up, wake up. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. The holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come into the uncircumcised and unclean. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bands of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So it's like God saying, look, awake. It's time to wake up. Put on your beautiful garments. It's like Christ has given us the righteous robe of himself. And he's saying, don't leave it. Don't hang it up and leave it there. Put it on. Wake up. Put it on. Put on. Put on the beautiful garments I've given you. It's just like stretch out that withered hand. And then he says, for the unclean and the uncircumcised shall no more enter. It's like that compromise, the sin that you've been wrestling with, that's going to be done. Wake up, pursue me, put on my righteousness. And those those things of uncleanness that have bound you, that keep coming in, I'm going to cut them off. And then he says, shake yourself from the dust. Arise. And then sit down. It says we're seated with him in heavenly places. Right? He's saying, shake yourself into that. Quit laying on the ground in, in the dirt. Get up. I've called you to heavenly things and heavenly places to reign with me. And it says, loose yourself from the bands of your neck. I imagine like this thing is like, right? Like this is not, you know, this is not binding me, right? It's it's loose. It's like just pull it off. Mm-hmm. Pull off the things. You've been bands have been broken. The bondages have been, you've been set free. Just get those things off of you. But you have a choice. And the, most of the churches are saying, well, you know, the truth is we like sleep, yeah. spiritual and natural. And we and we don't want to exert ourselves. And we think, oh, you know what? But really, what is he calling us to? He's calling us to romance. He's calling us into this divine romance to know him, to love him, to walk with him. And this is, it's, it's the most exciting adventure. It's better than any human romance. It's more exciting than any human romance. This is the this is intimacy with Christ. This doesn't come by going to a Bible college or a Bible class. It comes from seeking God and, and, and yeah. loving, wanting to see Him for who He is, That's not right. wanting Him just for what He gives us, but wanting to know His heart yeah. and love Him. And in that divine romance, God begins to speak to you things you couldn't know any other way, yeah. right? He just He'll reveal yeah. things and and He'll do miracles, and it's like, well, now I'm walking in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is to walk in the Spirit. It's not just to be like, oh, I'm feeling spiritual today. It's to walk in intimacy with Christ and him speaking to you, you speaking to him. I wanted to add to like before, I just feel like the Lord is putting on my heart because it's something like this past week he's been showing me too. 
is, you know, first season I was asleep and it was like just recently the Lord like really opened my eyes to like see, you know, what's going on. And I'm like, oh, like so much more than I've ever seen before. But too with, um, you know, in the times we're talking about sleeping, because we can go through, um, I just to say it this way, I guess we could say like naps. Like we have little like, because we're going through seasons with mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's like times mm-hmm. that we're like, you know, sleeping for a little bit and then we wake back up. But it's like in the mm-hmm. time that you are napping or you're just resting, I'll say it that way. It's and you don't want to be there, right? But then you're also content there. What I just thought about is you have the Holy Spirit living in you. So it's you're not going to be content. And you're going to be trying to feed your flesh. This is, I'm saying this is, this is me and this is what happened. I'm saying they're trying to feed my flesh with all these things and like trying to satisfy. But I'm like, and I could just be filling up your day with things. But I feel empty at the end of the day because it's like I just meet God. Because you already gave your life to the Lord and he, the Holy Spirit's coming and living in you. And he wants for you to be more like Jesus and mm-hmm. wants you to desire those things. So it's like, don't even feel like then, because it's like, you know, you have to take that step of getting out of your slumber. But then don't think about that as like this dreading, like thing, like, oh, now I'm just going to have to like start back up here. But it's the Holy Spirit is going to fill you mm-hmm. and he's going to give you desire. And it's going to be, you're going to feel so much more filled than you were last time. Because mm-hmm. it's just going to be more and more powerful every time you come to God. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah, it's really. Um, so you've been talking. So just as you've been talking about sleeping, I just like cannot stop thinking about like a thief mm-hmm. and like how the enemy is a thief who comes to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. And just thinking about it in the sense of when do most thieves, when do most thieves come to rob you? At night when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I just had the thought, and I just, I just had the thought of like, the enemy wants to get you to sleep because he knows once he gets you to sleep, he can start taking, he can start taking stuff from you. And he slowly, but he slowly, he doesn't just take the, everything right away from you. He gets you to fall asleep and he slowly starts taking things from you. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. you don't need to do, you don't need to read your Bible as much anymore. You don't need to pray to God as much right now. It's fine. You're just in a, you're just in a season, mm-hmm. you know. It's like any, and slowly you you start to decline and you start to fall in this deeper slumber, mm-hmm. and eventually you're at a point where you feel empty. And you know, and once you're empty, Danny was not robbing you because the robber doesn't come to rob an empty house. something like this and I can feel really challenged like oh I need more passion for God I need to be seeking the more and you can feel like kind of heavy but remembering that the Lord chastens those that he loves Mm -hmm. so if you feel that like I'm not where I want to be instead of feeling condemned almost be like he's saying don't don't get beaten down by this but just have it be a reminder of like, get up, come on, come on, get up. Mm-hmm. You know, or it's like yeah. he's chasing us because he's saying, I love you. I want you to be in mm-hmm. this deep place with me. So when things come upon the earth, we're not going to be shaken. 
or you're not going to be left dry. You're not going to fall into a pit of depression. You're going to be strong. So I'm not, you know, reproving you for your harm. Mm -hmm. I'm reproving you because I just love you so yeah. much. And I'm yeah. just saying, come yeah. on, get up. Yeah. Get back yeah. on track. Yeah. Run this race with endurance and yeah. don't get lazy and get everything robbed away yeah. like Jordan was saying. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is saying, wake up to first love. Yeah. It's not wake up to more stuff and more duties. It's right. wake up to first to love. Loving him. And that's what Jesus said. He said, repent and do the first works. And that does include seeking him. It does include shutting out distractions. I mean, imagine if you and a girlfriend or you and a friend, a close friend. They're our friends. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same gender friend. And you haven't seen each other in a while. And you were really close. And you got together to hang out for like two hours. And the whole time that you're talking to your friend, they're like, oh, they're on the phone. And then they just, you're trying to tell them something like, really, like, where you been and what's going on in your life? And they keep, oh, yeah, yeah, looking at their phone. Yeah. You'd feel like they don't care. That This is not that important to them. They're distracted. They're totally distracted. And we have to be willing to turn away from those distractions to put our focus on Jesus Christ and say, well, what are you saying? In 1 Corinthians 7, when it talks about the virgin or the, the woman that is, doesn't have a husband, it says she can attend to the Lord without distraction. Mm -hmm. She just has a clear focus to just focus on Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? When you're focused on Jesus Christ, he's going to be, he's going to be talking to you. He's going to be listening to you. He's going to be downloading to you. And then you're starting you're walk, walking in that life of Christ. Yeah. I have this, um, not a vision, but I have this thought when mom was talking, um, just of like, imagine there's a war going on and you're in this little like shelter and you're just scared for your life trying to make it. And somebody comes in and they're like, come on, I just found a way out of this war. There's like this, this vehicle or something and it came to take us to safety. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Our salvation is here. Let's go. Come on. And you're like, no, I am comfortable here. I don't feel like getting out. I, you know, this is what I know. And this is what's comfortable. And I'm not going to take this step to get into that car, which I know is my salvation. That's going to take me to safety. But I'm comfortable right here. And like, that's how it can be sometimes is like, we're comfortable being like, somewhat safe. But it's like, salvation like completely being freed from the conflict completely being freed and we're, we can just be content being like partially safe mm -hmm. and we're like no i'm good here this is mm -hmm. uh, this is this is good and if i take you know a step then i might be uncomfortable or how do i know that that's really what that is and how can i really you know take that step of faith and so it's like we can become comfortable because it's like well this is what i know and it's like no god wants to bring us to complete freedom yeah. from the you know all the chaos that's happening yeah. he wants and so like in this idea of like wake up get out of your sleep don't be content with partial safety that's right because it can so quickly like jordan was saying with the thief 
can so quickly just be like taken from you. Yeah. In that place of sleep and slumber, constantly be seeking, I want to be going yeah. to that place yeah. of salvation with Christ. So I gotta say something on that. Like, mm-hmm. um, Jesus said, follow me. So the idea what is the idea there is that he's mobile. He's yeah. moving, right? He's not staying in one place. And in Revelation, it talks about the 144,000, and it says, they follow the Lamb wherever he goes. I love that. Jesus is not static. He's not stagnant. He's moving. And if we are seeking him and intimate with him, we're following him wherever he's moving. Right? The salvation is not this static. And well, I prayed once, and I'm just, you know, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come someday and live my life. It's it's a pursuit of Christ. It's a knowing Christ. And when he moves, we mm-hmm. should move. When he says, don't do this, we don't do it. I was at Vasa Fitness this afternoon. It was about 4.30. I was finishing my workout. And in, in the middle of my workout, I felt this like the Holy Spirit was saying, you, you need to leave. I'm like, well, is that really God? I don't know about that. I'm listening to my worship music, and I got to the end of my worship music, at the end of my workout, and I was going to do one other exercise, and I, over the loud, I had those, you know, those noise canceling beats, and it was I'm pretty loud. I could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit quietly, but so clearly over because it's a it's an uns, it's an inaudible voice, but it's in your spirit, so it's clear even if there's noise around you. And he said, "Leave now." Last warning. I dropped my stuff and left. What was the Holy Spirit saying? He's saying, I said this to you once. He said, I want you to leave. I'm saying it again, and I'm not going to say it a third time. It's a warning from the Holy Spirit. I had a choice. I believe if I had ignored it, his voice would have stopped. Mm-hmm. And I could have come into some temptation. Who knows what it was? What I'm saying is we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We need to have an ear that's attuned to him because we're living in dangerous times, spiritually dangerous times. And thank God that he was patient enough to speak to me a second time. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Canceling my Boston membership. Mm-hmm. Sticking it any time. Right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And I know that the Holy Spirit does speak to you and he speaks to all of his children who will listen to him. And like, so like an example today is my birthday and i wanted to go (laughs) i wanted to go to lake geneva with Paige and taylor because we were gonna hang out today and i was like well it'll be fun we're just gonna go for a drive gonna go for a road trip to lake geneva why not and you were talking to me last night or you know a couple days ago and you're like i don't want you to go lake geneva and i was like why not like what's what's wrong with it? I can drive fine. And you're like, I don't have a piece about it. Just trust me. And I'm like, okay, I trust you. And like the the weather today was crazy. And I know if I would have gotten to Lake Geneva, I would have gotten into a car accident. Because we were just driving around like a little bit. So we just decided to stay in this area, you know, whatever, just hang out. And we were driving to Paige's house you know, 20 minutes away. That's and I was good. like sliding on the road. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, I know for a fact, and like I've driven on the freeway a few times, but I'm not a pro. I know 
if I would have been driving to like oh, Geneva or man. back from like Geneva, I probably would have gotten into a car accident. And so it was like, we didn't know what the weather was going to be today yeah. or like how it was going to be like snow, rain, snow, rain. But you, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just things like that. It's like, I just don't have a piece about this. You can drive somewhere else, mm-hmm. but don't go there. And like, I truly believe like the Lord knew mm-hmm. if that was the case, mm-hmm. this is the outcome. Yeah. Just listen to me. And, trust yeah. me. and it's totally how we can do it with God. You know, it's like, well, it's really the big deal. There's nothing wrong going to Lake Geneva. Got to think. I know. I, I know a little bit better, right? I mean, so you have work out on there at all. What you said? I said I'm surprised you got to work out in there at all, anyways. Yeah. It's, oh, because it's always so busy. So packed. Yeah. So, oh and I'm not saying that boss is is wrong for anyone else. I'm right. just telling you what the Holy Spirit said to me. Yeah. For me, yeah. I, I'm not supposed to do it. What? Right. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Um, I want to read two more passages before we close. Taylor, can you read Proverbs 6, verse 9? Go to the ant. You are. You Go to the ant? It's no, like a, is a sluggard is a. No, like, no ant. Like to the look, ant, like look at the ants. Like look at the animals. ants. Oh. Okay. Um, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her provides her supplies in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When you will, when you arise from your sleep. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little, a little folding of hands to sleep. So you shall, so you shall, so shall your, so shall, so shall your poverty, (laughs) poverty come to you like a prowler and your need, and your need like an armed man. So, so it says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and being be wise, and it explains like what the ant does, and we need to take notice of. And it's just like how the ants, and if you watch bugs, it's kind of fun sometimes. They like the the ants will like first of all they carry like I don't know how many times their weight, but like these little guys will carry these massive things. They're constantly back and forth moving, carrying things back and forth. Mm -hmm. And like, they've got order. They've got like a mission and they're Mm -hmm. constantly working. And so it's like, yeah, they're these little guys, but like, look at them for how little they are, the amount of work that they do. It's incredible. And, and Jesus is saying this, or God is saying this, look at the ant, you sluggard. And we can be like, oh, it's just a little ant. <laughs> He's calling us a sluggard and saying, look at the ants. They're <laughs> better than you. That's embarrassing, but it's true. And we need to take, we, you know, we need to learn from this. And it's like, provides her supplies mm. in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, you sluggard? And it's like the animals roaming around outside are so much more hardworking than us. Mm. And like, you know, we might be workaholics in our economy, but are you like that in your walk with the Lord? Are you like, okay, 
God is, this is a time of harvest. I'm going to be bringing in the harvest. I'm going to be storing up for the winter. I'm preparing. I like everything that the Lord is giving me. I'm taking it and I'm going to be preparing for like, I'm working and I'm taking this seriously. And it's like, it's convicting to think about how hard, especially in America, we can be such workaholics with our jobs. But then in our for relationship money, with God, we're like, eh, not a big deal. I'll just kind of wow. slack off. But it's like, look at the ant you slaughtered. And like, it's convicting. Mm-hmm. But like, are you really having that mindset of like, yeah. every, like, yeah. I am preparing for the future. I, everything is God's giving me. I'm putting it to use and I'm working with like diligently for Christ. And I mean, and it says having no captain, overseer, or ruler. That's convicting too. Because we can like for me, if if my dad is telling me like, oh you remember to seek God today, remember to spend time with the Lord, then I'm like, oh yeah, you remind me too, because he's like my captain or my overseer, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, oh yeah, I'll I'll work for the Lord because you're reminding me. But are you gonna like without anybody telling you, without somebody coming to you and reminding you to seek God, are you going to seek him on your own? Are you going to have this, this hardworking attitude? Like I'm going to work for Christ and I'm going to do my very best. And like, he's going to give me the strength, like the ant, these little guys that carry these massive things compared to them. Hmm. And it's like, God's giving me the strength and I'm going to use it. I'm not just going to be like, thanks. You gave me the strength. But I'm not going to do anything with it. Mm. It's like, no, God is giving you strength. He is giving you capability. Now walk and move and work for Christ. You know, he's blessed us. Don't just let it go to waste. Work with what he's given you. I was even thinking, you know, just hearing about like this guy that had this prophetic word, you know, like new Mike Pilcher's name, number. I was like, I can kind of look at that and be like, how does somebody get to a place? where their ear is so open to God that they're hearing all this stuff. But I think kind of line up with what Lydia is saying, am I applying what God has shown me? You know, it's like, am I, the more you're seeking God, I think the more he's going to reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. So if I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I put in my Bible time and the rest of the time, I'm not like, ready and willing and able to be hearing God's voice to me. But I think the more you seek him, the more you're going to find him. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 11 says, he that believes or he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about diligently seeking God. And it's like if you you wouldn't take your education that loosely and be like, well, you're just gonna sleep through. No, they're they're five years old. They're in kindergarten. They don't need to do anything. Oh, they're first grade, second grade. They they haven't learned anything, and so they're in fifth grade. And we'd be like, what? No, your kid needs to be growing. Yet, how little do we apply ourselves to know the Word of God? Right? Yeah. To know Him and to to seek Him, and it says Isaiah fifty two again. It says. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that does speak. Behold, it is I. God speaks. Are we listening? 
Do we want to hear? I'm, I'm praying all the time, Lord, open my ear. Let me hear what you're saying. I want to hear what you're saying. I don't need to know, but I don't need to know. But what, you, what you're willing to share with me, open my ear. I want to hear it. Nothing like hearing him speak to you. Can you read 1 Thessalonians 5, 6? Okay. So when you let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. So um, what I noticed in this one was it says, let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober. And I like that because it's kind of like, exposes how much we compare ourselves to other people and we can be like look at them they're also sleeping i can sleep <laughs> we're, we're, we're all good like we're all you know because because if you see other people and they're awake and they're active then you feel bad because it's like well i'm i'm sleeping i shouldn't be sleeping but if you see everybody else sleeping it's easy to be like they are too i can as well but it says, don't sleep as others do. Watch and be sober. And I think, oh, like, putting, like, don't just compare yourself to this is the standard because this is how everybody else is. I'm going to match that same standard or be slightly higher. No. Be set apart. Watch and be sober. And another thing, like Jordan was saying earlier, like, in the night, like, there's thieves in the night there's also drunkenness and just like confusion a lot because it's it's dark you don't really know what's going on and there's a lot of like sinful things that tend to happen at night because it's more hidden don't be like them watch be watchful for the lord and the work that he's doing and be sober have a clear mind and like you know be, be attentive to what the Lord is doing. And I think also how I said earlier, like if everybody's sleeping, that's the standard. But if you raise the bar and it's like, no, we're going to be sober. We're going to be watchful. We're going to be awake. We're not just going to be slumbering and sleeping all the time. We're going to be prepared for the Lord to come. And we're, you know, yeah, like 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 the ants. Yeah. We're working for Christ. Mm. We're we're not taking this lightly. We're seeking him. When when that's all of a sudden the standard, then people are gonna be like, Well now look at me. I'm being so like I'm just resting all the time. Look at them, they're growing in Christ. Mm. Now I feel bad about acting this way. I should probably step up my game, <laughs> you know, because it's like if everybody's meeting the same standard that's low everybody's going to be content with that. But once somebody starts stepping up, other people will, other people will. And it's like, that's what we want to start bringing. And so not only wake yourself up out of the summer, but I encourage other people, wake up, come on, let's like, let's be alive for Christ. And when they see that in you, it's going to challenge them. And they're going to be like, yeah, what am I doing? Living for Christ, but I'm not living for Christ. I'm just, you know, I believe in him, but that's it. Is that the extent of my faith? I feel like it should be more. And they're going to start striving themselves after the Lord. So we need to start. We need to start, raise that standard and wake up for Christ, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's 
It talks about spurring right. each other on toward righteousness, mm -hmm. you know. It is something we're mm -hmm. supposed to be doing. It's really good. I think there was one more verse I wanted to say. Just to clear up some possible confusion about the difference between sleeping and resting. Um, Ephesians 5.12 says, no, that is wrong. Well, this is resting. Oh, it's Ecclesiastes 5.12. Can we read it? Yes, please. I can't find it. Thank you. Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats a little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not allow him to sleep. So, it says the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. So this is talking about resting in Christ. And so obviously we can't just be like insane people and never sleep, like have physical rest, right. physical sleep. But it says the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. sweet. And so it's like, and that's true. But and then what did it say? The rich man? Or... But the abundance of the rich will not allow him to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so this, it, I think this is really good. And so it's like, if you're, if you're working for Christ and I mean, think about it, if you are like working all day, especially physically, if you're really working, you're going to go to bed and it's like, that rest is going to feel incredible. Mm -hmm. But if you're just lazy all day and you're like, mm, I'm going to just lay around and like, you know, dote on myself, and I'm just gonna live a luxurious life. Your sleep is gonna be like, it sucks. I, Jordan knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, Straight to the point. But it's like, yeah, then it's like, I can't, like, there's no need to sleep. I, there's, I haven't been exerting myself. I'm not really tired. Yeah. I don't need, but it's like, I should sleep. My body needs to sleep. But I, you know, and it's like, so I think. There's like this difference, like you when you're working for Christ, when when all of a sudden you enter a time of rest from mm -hmm. the Lord, mm -hmm. it's gonna be so so sweet. Mm -hmm. But when you're just like all the time just being like, mm, I'm lazy, I'm not really gonna do much. Then all of a sudden it's time to sleep, and you're like, I can't. What did it say about the the abundance of the rich will not allow him to sleep? Yeah. It's like if you're rich and you like like the layer of the sea in church that was rich and increased with goods and said we have need of nothing. They didn't know they were wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. They can't enter into the rest of Christ. Mm -hmm. They're trusting in their own opulence and luxury and self pleasure. And they can't enter into the rest of Christ. Yeah. Is that what you're gonna say? And now about the layer to see in church. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. But oh, yeah. That's very good. That is what I had to share. Excellent, Lydia. Very, very yeah. good. Yeah. Right. Well, strong. I'm gonna get up early. Yes. Seek the Lord. Um and would somebody like to close this in prayer? Okay. Amen. Dear God, thank you for this 
Bible study. I pray that we would just uh, come to you more of an expectancy and more of a just um, more energy coming to you, God, that we would just seek you, God, that we would just truly seek you and not just daydream or just focus on other things, God, that we would have our minds focused on you. I pray that we would all um, take this message to heart, God, and that we would apply it to our own lives, lives, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.